And now, Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. So there are two pots of water and two frogs. And in one pot, you put the frog in the water and you slowly turn up the heat. And that frog's just hanging out as the heat just slowly gets hotter to the point that that water starts to boil and that frog perishes. In the other pot of water, you first turn up the heat real high. The water's boiling, you drop that frog in, he'll jump right out. The lesson there, as far as I'm concerned, don't be that first frog. This has been Veep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Stu does America. Only a few days away from the one-year anniversary of the overturn of Roe versus Wade. That's Saturday, June 24th. Uh, June 24th, 2022 was the original date. We have the 624-22 gear available at studosmerch.com. Great time to pick some up. Stu10 is the code to save 10%. If you're watching on YouTube right now, like the video. We appreciate when you do that. Subscribe to the channel and hit the bell for notifications. Dave Landau is going to join us to, to talk about his new show, Normal World, right here on Blaze TV. We might just get our collective wish of watching Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg slap fighting each other in a cage because what do we deserve? Exactly that. But we start by doing sports insanity. Uh, this isn't a monologue about sports, though, really. There's something else that I think is really important, that just sports highlights in a unique way. I do want to tell you the bad news of the day first. Uh, pilot and four passengers of the Titan submer submersible are dead, says the U.S. Coast Guard. Of course, this is the uh, situation where they were going to explore the Titanic. It's a five-person sub, or submersible as they call it. Uh, and they found, I guess, the wreckage, some pieces of the outer core, and they just do not think there's any hope, unfortunately, for these people. Really sad and awful story when you think about it. I mean, you're just locked in this little tiny tube. God only knows what those final hours were like. Uh, just really, really awful. And of course, as this has been going on, some previous con comments from the CEO of the company have surfaced. OceanGate CEO explains why he didn't want to hire 50-year-old white guys to pilot his subs. Now, I, I have to read you this quote because it's so unbelievable given what has happened. And of course, you know, look, if you got the, a 22-year-old LGBTQQIA2 plus community member who's the absolute best engineer of submarines in the world, 100% put him on your team. But, like, you shouldn't be picking people based on their characteristics like skin color or sexual orientation when, you know, you are figuring out how to stay alive two and a half miles below the sea. I, just a minor thing. Listen to this. The Ocean Gate Expedition CEO, Stockton Rush, who was aboard the missing submersible, once explained why he preferred not to hire 50-year-old white guys with military experience to pilot his company's vessels. Rush said he valued captains who were inspirational over experience. Which, uh, you know, the I don't know how much you could inspire yourself two and a half miles below the surface of the ocean. Um, maybe you can. Uh, I don't think that's the type of characteristic, though, that I would want. I would want someone, regardless of their age, regardless of, the of their skin color, regardless of their gender, regardless of their sexual orientation, I'd want someone who knew how to work on the freaking submarines and make them safe. 
And apparently, inspiration was instead the number one hiring characteristic at this place. And, you know, there's just some jobs. You have those moments where you think, you know, maybe experience, maybe the 50-year-old white guy was the guy that we should have hired, you know? Uh, Maybe experience was important. Maybe merit was important. The whole social justice mindset, the whole equality for equality's sake mindset, uh, diversity is important until you're two and a half miles below the sea. Not so important then. Merit is important. Merit is something that this country was built on. Merit is something we're supposed to be looking for all the time. And the most obvious place where you're supposed to see something judged only on merit is the world of sports. Yet that is even collapsing right now. We are seeing someone uh, who uh, is uh, the best athlete not getting the accolades they deserve. We're seeing people who are crossing over from men's sports into women's sports so they can win medals. All these things are going on, and it's just bizarre to watch. Now, Riley Gaines was testifying in front of the Senate this week, and she talks about what happens when Instead of merit-based, you make decisions based on, I don't know, question mark. Watch. What happened on March, 26, uh, on March 17, 2022? That's when Thomas and I raced in the 200 freestyle and again resulted in a tie. And so you tied. What, what was the consequence of tying? We went behind the awards podium where typically you're handed your trophy, you're marched out, you're named an All-American. And so we go back there, and the official looks at both Thomas and myself and says, great job, but you guys tied. And we only have one trophy, therefore we're giving this trophy to Leah. And I question this, and I say, why? And at first, I I shortened it in my testimony, but really he stumbled on his words. He didn't know how to answer this. And at first he's, uh, well, we're just doing this in chronological order. To which I further pressed, and I said, okay, well, what are you being chronological about? Because we tied. And if we're doing this off alphabetical order, G comes before T. So what are you being chronological about? (laughs) To which this wasn't a script they had prepared for him. And he actually appreciated his honesty. He did say, we have to give the trophy for Leah because Leah has to have it for pictures. They've they've made that clear. Leah has to have the trophy for pictures. You can pose with this trophy, but you have to give yours back. You have to go home empty-handed. Leah Thomas takes the trophy home. End of story. Now, look. That's got to be devastating to someone who's worked their entire life to get to a level where not only are they, are they an incredible swimmer, but they're good enough to actually tie a guy who was also a pretty good swimmer on the uh, men's side a few years earlier. I mean, good enough to be, to be swimming at the collegiate level. So uh, that's an annoying thing, really devastating after you put all that work into it. But it's not the worst thing that happens in these types of situations. You know, for a bunch of people who've been talking to us for a long time about the Me Too movement, man, they are silent when they hear stuff like this. In addition to being forced to give up our awards and our titles and our opportunities, the NCAA forced me and my female swimmers to swim to share a locker room with Thomas, a six foot four, 22 year old male equipped with and exposing male genitalia. Let me be clear about this. We were not forewarned we would be sharing a locker room. No one asked for our consent and we did not give our consent. And I'll I'll set the scene, a swimming locker room is not a place of modesty. You're undressing, you're fully exposed. And we were forced to take off our swimsuit in front of a man who was doing the exact same thing. 
If nothing else, I truly hope how you can see this as a violation of our right to privacy and how some of us have felt uncomfortable, embarrassed, and even traumatized by this experience. These are people who were rooting for every person that made an off-color joke at work to get fired, to be canceled forever. And yet, they're also rooting for some dude to be taken off his swimsuit in front of a bunch of women and while they also have to get changed. I mean, it's, it's incomprehensible that these two viewpoints live inside their skulls. But, of course, the issue here is that no one will say the truth. We know what the truth is over and over and over and over again. And so many people just can't bring themselves to say it. That's a basic function of human interaction and civilization. You lose that foundation, what do you have? We need to be able to agree that men are men or women are women because it's true. It's a basic truth. It's not a complicated truth. It's not some high-level question on a physics exam. This is something that's supposed to be easy. And yet it's not. Watch as some crazy leftist activist, uh, Ms. Robinson, attempts to answer an incredibly easy question by Ted Cruz. Ms. Robinson, do you agree with Ms. Gaines that there's a difference between women and men? If the question is about trans women... I'm just asking, is there a difference between women and men? I mean, what I can say here is that the NCAA has rules in place. They've had rules in place for the last decade, and when this competition okay, okay, happened, I'm, I'm gonna try again. the rules were clear. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? It's a yes-no question. It is, it, do you believe there's a difference? Oh, I think that we're talking about this case with the NCAA. No, I'm asking a question. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? Most I, people could answer this very simply. I'm curious if you're willing to do so. Oh, absolutely. I'm just putting it into the context of the conversation yes? that we're having. I think that there are definitions related to sex. So I'm trying to get a yes or no. I'm not trying to get, get a speech. Oh, I, is I'm, there a difference between women and men? I think that there are definitions for biological sex. Okay, so you're not answering that. This is insane. Every single person knows the answer to that question. Every single one of you know it. She knows it. I know she's a she. And she knows it. We all know the answer to these questions, and yet people won't actually say the answers. How can, how can you communicate with other human beings when they're trying to do this? They all know the truth, and they won't say the truth. That seems like a big problem. Now, I will say, uh, Ted Cruz uh, went on to, uh, to continue to ask questions. I mean, I think I would have just quit, honestly, at this point, attempting to get any actual answer out of her. But it is really interesting to watch the difference between Robinson and Gaines, where Gaines is just telling you the obvious answers to questions, and Robinson is doing everything they can to avoid admitting what she knows is true. Think about this. These are, these are, she's bending over backwards to make sure she doesn't say what she knows is true. This, I feel like, is a relatively new phenomenon. Watch it in action here and watch Riley Gaines just absolutely slap all of these claims to the ground. Let me ask you this question then. Why do women's sports exist? 
If you can't define a difference between women and men, why not abolish women's sports and just tell little girls to swim with little boys and see who wins? Oh, I'm simply saying that um, that sex My is question, different than gender. Why and I do, do believe why that women's, do women's sports, sports have a great exist? value? I mean, Senator, I'll tell M you right Ms. now. Ms. Robinson, please answer the question I'm asking you. Absolutely. Why do women's sports exist? I think that there are so many positive benefits to sports. But I mean, why have a separate category for women? If, if, you, if there's no difference between women and men, why to have women's sports? I'm saying that there's a difference between sex and gender and that the NCAA has rules in place, which they have for the so last Mr. decade. I feel like uh, someone, on, Ted Cruz or someone on his staff listens to the show because I made this exact point. Why, why, why have women's sports at all? If there's no difference, if, if putting Leah Thomas into the women's swimming pool uh, doesn't make a difference, why bother splitting us up? Why not just have basketball? Not women's basketball, men's basketball, but basketball. And we could just have all the best players play in the very top division with the men. And if you want to have a second division that maybe some women would, would qualify for, you can have that. But it'll probably be mostly men as well. And maybe the 12th or 13th or 14th division you'd find it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe some woman would be able to achieve it. And that would be a huge story. Now, of course, we know the actual answer here. If they did this, they would just all these schools would start putting quotas on and, and force you to put women on your teams. And then we'd lose whatever merit based system we currently have. So I don't know that this would actually be effective, but it does shine a light on the idiocy here. Now, Riley Gaines is talking about this, too. And here's the thing. Here's a let me give you the real answer to this question. Well, is there any difference between men and women? In, as it uh, relates to these particular events, here's Riley Gaines giving you an honest answer. Now, let me ask you, as someone who's competed at, at the elite level, in your experience, is, is, is there a difference between women and men? Of course. I think we learned this at a very young age, watching even 12 and unders play. Going through puberty causes irreversible um, advantage that no matter the training, no matter the diet, no matter any alterable um, change you can make will overcome that male advantage. Especially in sports like swimming where lung capacity matters so much. Um, even something as silly as throat size, men have on average a 40% larger throat, which sounds like it's nothing. But when you're grasping for air, that 40% larger throat makes a huge difference in athletic success, not to mention height. Um, you guys know the differences. Yeah, the end of that is really interesting because she throws it out there. You guys know the differences. And she's right. Everyone knows the differences. Everyone knows that this is true. And yet almost no one will say it. Think about that over and over and over again, everybody knows. Everyone knows. Everyone who's ever watched these things knows. Think about things that are specifically measurable. Swimming's a good example of it. Track and field is a good example of it. Look at the differences between the records for men and women. They're totally different. High school athletes that are men will, set, will break records of all women who have ever lived of all time. This is not because men are, uh, they work super hard at the gym. That's not why that happens. It's because they have built-in advantages, which is why we separated them for different divisions in the first place. And if you think, uh, again, like you think these things would be obvious and you think people would be able to admit them. Look at Robinson attempt to argue. She thinks she has a good point here. 
But when you're not arguing with the truth and you're trying to deny reality, you're likely to get slapped down over and over and over again, as Riley Gaines does in this exchange. Women you and don't some that believe are that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as a, a definitive statement. Give me an example. Well, no, I, I don't think. How, how, how many female members of the NBA do you see? Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, and it's just not the case. She is stronger James, than that. What's your experience, Ben? Male, female. Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, my experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week. <laughs> I mean, it's so much easier to argue when you're actually trying to say true things. It's so much easier. It's she, what she said is 100% right. Both Serena and Venus Williams, in their prime, lost to the 203rd ranked player. A guy that honestly, off the top of my head, I can't even remember his name. He was a a nobody as far as uh, professional tennis goes. You would not know his name at all. He stepped up and destroyed them 6-1 and 6-2. He also said he wasn't even trying that hard. This is just reality. Serena Williams and Venus Williams are both incredible athletes, and they're incredible women's tennis players. But men have an advantage at that sport. They just do. We all know it's true. Riley Gaines is an incredible female swimmer. But as she points out, even though she's much higher ranked than her husband, her husband could still beat her. We all know these things are true. And this goes to soccer as well. There's been many examples of this. The most recent was uh, the U.S. women's soccer team playing against Wrexham. Now, Wrexham is a... uh, a mid-division team in, in uh, you know, European, I don't follow European soccer, but uh, they're like a mid-division team. They're not even like the, the very top of the, uh, one of the best teams in the world. They're a good, a very good team. This is the team that's owned by um, uh, the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Rob McElhaney, and uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yes, Ryan Reynolds. Now, the beginning of this clip, I believe, is the one that starts with one of the women's soccer players talking trash to Ryan Reynolds about how they're going to kick uh, the men's team's ass. Let's see how that turns out. This message is for Ryan Reynolds and Rob McLean. One, you should be here right now with your squad. Two, your team about to go down in North Carolina. There's a turnover. Jarvis, there it is. Game over. 12-0, Wrexham defeats the U.S. women. <laughs> 12-0, a mercy rule. This is essentially uh, how that ended. I mean, there's a longer clip of watching all the goals, and man, it doesn't, I mean, you could just tell these are two teams at totally different levels. Now, I've got to show you the coverage of this game, by the way. This is a 12-0 blowout. 12 to nothing. This was not close. It was embarrassing, okay? It was embarrassing. This is how the CBS covered it. U.S. women bring fun and brave perspective to a 12-0 elimination loss to Wrexham in the soccer tournament. Lindsay Harris made some big saves for the U.S. And Heather O'Reilly shared a bold outlook from the loss. Are there big saves in a 12-0 loss? 
are there? The point of this is not that men are better at sports than women. That's pointless to discuss. Everyone knows it. We don't need 20 minutes to tell you that story. The issue here is that I remember back in the day thinking about uh, George Orwell and two plus two equaling five and thinking to myself, I understand what he's going for there, but that would never happen. It couldn't happen. There's no way that could happen. There's no way people would ever go along with it. It's, it's kind of a silly exaggeration of a point. We are here. All of us know two plus two equals four. And people like Robinson and all the people on the left are going on television every single day and telling you it's five. And they're firing you when you say it's four. And they're trying to force you into saying two plus two is five. They're threatening your livelihood. They're threatening your your job, your friendships, your relationships, everything about you. They're coming after you. They're, uh, they're going to eventually throw you in prison if you won't say it is five. But over and over again, we must all stick together here and say over and over that two plus two equals four. Because when we lose that, we haven't lost win- women's sports and men's sports. We've lost everything. Some big saves in that 12-0 defeat. Well, Congress once again has allowed itself to be pushed into appeasing the administration and raising the debt ceiling for the not one, not two, not three, but 79th time, paving the way for continued reckless spending and further devaluation of the dollar. Our national debt continues to skyrocket. You know that. Uh, How are you protecting your savings? How are you dealing with that? Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. And you can do that with the help of Birch Gold. The easiest way to do it, Birch Gold is going to help you convert an existing IRA and 401k into an IRA in gold. The good thing about this is you don't have to buy anything. You You don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. Uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, they're banding together against the dollar. More and more central banks are diversifying. You know, they're buying... They're buying gold. Maybe you should be too. Maybe you should be looking to convert your IRA into gold. Follow the lead of all of these countries right now and text STU to the number 989898. You'll get a free info kit on gold. No obligation, just information. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Thousands of happy customers. Birch Gold can help protect your savings. Text STU to the number 989898. You can do it now. Take action today. All you got to do is text STU, STU, to the number 989898 for Birch Gold. We are at a tipping point in America. With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org chosen. I'm joined now by comedian Dave Landau, host of the brand new show, Normal World, right here on Blaze TV. It's the big debut week. Dave, how's it going, man? Good. How about you, Stu? Yeah, really, really well. 
Wow, thanks yeah. for coming on. I'm glad you're part of the team, man. This is great. It's my, it's our honor, I should say. But yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, it you're, really is. You're with quarterback Black Garrett. See, people keep saying quarterback, which yeah. I love. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Is he a quarterback? Did he play quarterback at any point? He should have. He should have. Okay. I mean, if you're going with quarter black, yeah. there's got to be something in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, first of all, let's start with It's Normal World is the name of the show. Yes. Uh, on Blaze TV. Yep. Get it uh, as part of your subscription. Yes. Um, why did you name it Normal World? Because everything's not. You know, <laughs> it's the, so true. So basically, it's it, the idea was when we first did it, it was a pilot episode of Sketch. Mm-hmm. And it was everything was kind of just one step removed from everything going on now. Mm-hmm. So it became like a Black Mirror, Twilight Zone sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't on purpose. I had never even watched Black Mirror. Really? People were just like, oh, this is like Black Mirror. <laughs> And it was just reality. Yeah. Like we were just writing reality just one step into the future. Yeah. So that's all it was. So we called it normal world because it's what's going on today. The the clown world horror that is our daily life. That, this is now our normal world. It, you know, it's funny because Black Mirror has always had that thing about it, right? Where it's fiction, but man, it feels too close to where we really are. Yeah, like season, like I went back and watched it and I'm like, I think season one is now real. And now season six is the future. You know what I mean? So we're like, five seasons behind. Right, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. It's crazy. Like, And I watch like old Twilight Zones I've always loved, like Rod Serling and stuff. So I've always had that element of I do like a little bit of creepiness. Yeah. But now we're living in a time where I don't think anybody would have ever imagined this <laughs> dystopian future. It really is. It's, it gets getting very weird very fast. Crazy. Um, so the show's going to be, It's well, I mean, it's, it's on already. It's it's on, I think, your third episode is, is tonight. Tonight. Um, and it's a combination. You've got, like, sketch stuff going on. You've got studio stuff going on. Like, what do you want to do with the show? Right now, we're kind of just figuring it out, to be <laughs> honest. But the, uh, we start with sketch. We do uh, interviews with comics. Uh, we have musicians on. We're kind of trying to redo Late Night. Yeah. We're turning it into something that it used to be. Like, I love the Carson era. Mm-hmm. But we're obviously trying to do more of, like, a little bit of what Conan did in his heyday in the 90s and kind of recreate something that is just lost, where it's not, there's not an agenda behind it in the sense of dancing Pfizer needles on Colbert, I guess you could say. You know, it's just something for people to enjoy. And look, some won't be for everybody, some will. And that's that's what I like about it is we're just trying to enjoy ourselves and give the audience something that isn't available anywhere else. I like it. I, I like it because... I mean, your stuff is really dark. We talked to you on the radio show. Yes. Glenn loves your style. I do as well. Thank I, you. I watched your uh, special, and it's freaking hilarious. Thank I mean, you. Really, really funny. Thank you. And I feel like it's interesting because, you know, you see sort of the conservative side of the spectrum, and mm-hmm. we're told that basically conservatives don't want to laugh at anything. They, they, they're not funny. They don't get things. They don't get dark humor. They, they don't. They're not funny, right? Like they're we're lame. We're we're boring. Right. That's what we're always told. We want to go on and, and and I love my spreadsheets. I'll talk tax spreadsheets here and there when I have to. <laughs> but I mean, that's not all we are. I mean, is that true? I mean, do you, do you find that you because I mean, you you play to all sorts of groups. You yes. you could do stand up and you're seeing everybody across the spectrum. You're not just talking to conservatives. So do you see a difference between conservatives and liberals when it comes Big to comedy? T- Dude, Johnny Rotten is conservative. Mm. 
when you think about it, when you look at how things are now, like conservative has been the new punk rock. It, it, it's crazy. And I realize That's a weird. lot of conservatives will be like, I don't think so. But no, it's true. <laughs> I think we have become something that's different because we're not the ones who are offended by everything. We're not the ones, there used to be the idea that a liberal, this liberal ideology of free speech, and when you look at somebody like Lenny Bruce Carlin, it didn't matter what they were saying, but it's like you would stand by it, at least in the sense of, you're allowed to say what you want to say, yeah whether it's for you or not, whatever. So I think that that's at least something that conservatives stand by, that you are allowed to have free speech. And now we're watching our free speech getting taken away. We're watching our rights be taken away. And you're watching basic, normal human rights be taken away. And then these weird, crazy, insane laws be put in. Yeah. And then if you, like, I can't live in a, soci in a society with... 72 genders and I, I don't even know how to word it like even right now I'm trying to like tap dance around it. Yeah, which is why we made like a sketch like the splurge where people are like well This is a little too far where you're saying like gay sex is mandatory if you're outside for the month of June Like right. but it's it's not is it that crazy <laughs> to think it could far. happen? Like it's not far that to at least they would maybe not all the time But at least try it try a little like, gay sex in June. You right. don't have to do it every night And that's why we made Gavin Newsom the first female president of the United States <laughs> in the sketch because it, but he's not changed at all he just is still him yeah because <laughs> when you think about it it's like even like women and the guy uh, former men or who are now females in sports allegedly like there's really no difference so it's just it's <laughs> really? just men are like I'm taking the trophies now yeah yeah I mean I like it is the ultimate victory of the patriarchy I mean, yes, they gave it to us. I mean, they separated these sports. Women achieved all these things. And then they're just like, no, nah, let's just let dudes come in and take them all back. Right. And then they want the women to be like, this is great. Yeah, I know. Like, I like how the guys are taking. Yeah. Oh, I get to fight a man. Yeah. Oh, this is this is great. Like Ike Turner would be considered a just <laughs> knockout boxer now. Yeah. <laughs> like, just, like, it's just so sad what, what we've become. And I think it's because people are afraid to say anything. They don't want to lose jobs, they don't want to lose their families, their homes, and I think there's so many people that are actually on the side of normalcy. Yeah. But then that's kind of why we say normal world, because I think we have a lot of viewers that really do feel that they're tired of it all. Yeah, I think that's true. I, and I feel like in this world, to survive it, there's basically only two ways to go, which is one, be Dave Landau, right? Like be someone who gets rewarded for saying really offensive things yes. or straight out truths that you're not allowed to say anymore. Right. Uh, number two is what? Keep your mouth shut, duck a lot, uh, hope no one ever talks to you about anything, or deny what you actually believe. I mean, that's the only other path, it seems like. And that's the problem. Yeah. Like, I don't want to raise my kid like that. I don't want to tell my kid to never stand up for himself and to let people just walk all over him his whole yeah. life. And, like, my kid is, like, what am I supposed to say? Like, give everyone else your job. Don't try. <laughs> you don't deserve anything. You're overprivileged. Like, I didn't come from, like, my dad was in Nam, and we lost everything because the VA was super generous to give him Agent Orange and then had no help at all. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, so we lost everything. It was super cool. Thanks, government. <laughs> and uh, so it's like, I don't have this, like allegiance to government but I do I have patriotism and a belief in a country and what it was meant to be 
And that's something that I stand by, you know, and it's okay to believe in a country and the values of that country, not necessarily the government that's running it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's that's something that I, I, I was raised with. That's something that my dad believed and that's something that I was raised with. And I think that that's something that I'm passing along to my kid. But the the current administration is not that. No, no. I, I, I think it's we, we used to be able to be adults. right? Yes. We would be able to look at jokes we might not have liked and say, all right, yeah, I see what he's going for there. Not my thing, but okay. Yeah. We used to be adults and be able to say, okay, look, our country's done a lot of really great things. Some bad things. Mm -hmm. On balance, though, I mean, I think we can all recognize it's been good for the world. Mm -hmm. We used to be able to have those discussions, and now we can't. Like, now we are at that point where... Um, you know, a person uh, does one wrong thing. They make one comment that's a little out of line. The, the country is always bad no matter what we're trying to do. And uh, I feel like we're at that point where we can't look at this stuff honestly. We can't just admit that, hey, good people sometimes do some bad things, but we should probably just realize that we're all in that same boat and get over ourselves and stop trying to get everybody fired every time something somebody does something wrong. I couldn't agree more. And imagine being judged on your worst moment, but imagine being judged on what is in no way your worst moment. Right. That's the crazy part is like, you know whatever that thing is the person said that they're trying to take them down for is not the worst thing they ever did. It's not yeah. the worst thing they ever said. And you're waiting because you have people that... We we love laziness in this culture, hmm. and I don't look like this because I'm you know <laughs> you know captain go out and get it all the time. But I work hard enough to have a show on a you know sure. I work hard enough where I I do I, you know I do work hard and I, I out shows all that. across the country. Yeah, I, yeah, I go lot. I go after what I want to because I'm lucky enough to live in this country. You know, and I'm lucky enough to actually care enough about myself and my family to achieve the things that I want. But the reality is, is, you know, a lot of people don't. And the easiest thing they can do is destroy other people. Mm. And when you give people that pass, that's a big problem. So if they can just take away something from someone, they go for it. Yeah, I, I think the part that bothers me maybe the most about all of this is that the people who are doing that don't even believe it. Like, we are living in this place where often, we just talked about this last segment, nobody believes that there's no difference between men and women in sports. There's nobody who actually believes that. No. No, they don't. They are saying it. They are saying they can't define what a man and a woman is, but they all can in reality. Yes. They are saying they're offended by some joke or some comment or some tweet, but in reality, they're not. It's not really offensive. It didn't really bother them. It didn't really hurt anybody. Mm. None of this stuff happened. They're all pretending. And it's like, you know, a normal world would be great if it was just real. Right? Yes, if you actually believed it, but it's yeah. to be liked. Mm. And the thing is, is that's all it is. It's to be liked. And oh. it's not even like a like where you get a friend. Mm -hmm. It's a like where you get a fake like on a thing. Yeah. So you're going through and liking other stuff and going, oh, this opinion seems popular. Yeah. Oh, these people like me because I like this. But it's to the point now where then outwardly you're like, so cutting off my genitals gets gets Davy job? You know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. like, it's like you're sort of like, you're taking it to these levels yeah. that are insane. Yeah. And to me, I look at it as a, somebody who like, 
Look, obviously I was young once. I had six earrings and listened to a lot of hip hop and wore baggy pants and like, but I didn't wear earrings because I was a lady. I wore them because I was a thug. Right. right. At least I thought I was. You look like a thug. Yeah, right. I'm five, six. I wore baggy pants and my dad goes, oh, congratulations, you found a way to look shorter. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like we all go through a phase, sure. but it's odd because this is a, it, it, this is a phase and a very dangerous phase that the country's going through because we, the internet now exists. Right, because I don't want to go to boomer-level punditry here, which I'm fine, I mean, I like I'm a total boomer and I'm 40. I'm a boomer at heart. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> um, but, like, is it just, like, this really, like, boring observation that the internet and our phones and social media have totally screwed us up? Have that, has that just accelerated it, or is there something deeper? Oh, no. I'm, look, I'm a recovering addict, and I have been since 2009, and it is a dopamine release, and it is a large result of phone, internet consumption. Granted, I don't hate the internet. I have a show on it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just I saying. hate it, and I have a show on it, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, but it is an addiction. Yeah. So you have an addiction, and you have people liking you, and you have this instant response of gratification. That's what it is. So you add that to, then that's outrage. You know, like even Glenn has a book, Addicted to Outrage. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's a very important term because that's what a lot of this is. Because you're getting likes because you're addicted to the outrage and you're right. You don't believe it, but you do believe in the dopamine hit you're getting by pretending to be angry. I, that is, I don't know how we solve that. I, I, because it, it's almost like you need something deeper, some foundational, I think obviously faith has filled that at some point yeah, for oh, a lot for of sure. people. Yeah, fill it for me. Yeah, for a lot of people, and yeah. I think it's really important, fills it for me, but even if you don't have that, you've gotta find something else because I don't know, maybe internet, you know, like Instagram comment number 84, is not really the place for you to be. Like maybe you should be doing anything else with your life. <laughs> when when your gratification is like, I'm gonna hurt you. Right, yeah. You know, and that's all you do, and that's what makes you feel good. That's the, that's the most vile thing you can possibly do mm -hmm. because your, your satisfaction is by being cruel. And now you're doing it with a group of other people because there's less people that are known. Yeah. And now if, if that's where it's all coming from, you're, there's nothing about you that's not poison. It used to be called bullying, right? I, I don't know yeah, what but now, it used to be. Now it's something else. Yeah, we had a bully. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me like, run one theory by you, the last question here. Yeah, for, for sure. So I have this theory I've, I've worked on for a while, and I think it's true, because I've been in radio for a million years. You've been in comedy. Yeah. You know, you're around people in the entertainment field, and you know all those people are insane. Like, yeah. you don't get into that business without being completely nuts. Oh, no, I'm not all there. I know. Yeah, we all I know. I what you're saying. It's totally true. <laughs> all the people that surround us are nuts. And part of that is you... But part of that is a result of getting into this business. Like you're constantly like looking for reactions. You're constantly phrasing something in a way that gets the biggest reaction. Like you're that's always generating inside of you. Now we, with social media, we've taken every person in America and decided we're going to turn you all into people in the entertainment business. Yes. Right. Like we, you all should now phrase everything you're looking for for the most reaction possible, and it puts so many weird incentives inside of you. I feel like that's the basis of so many of our problems. I agree, and the problem is, is a lot of us go into it with this thing inside of us called insecurity and self-doubt yeah. that checks us. Yeah. Now you completely weed that out and find every narcissist in the world that doesn't have that. Right. And then a lot of them rise to the top. <laughs> yes, they're the ones and we all look to. That's the terrifying <laughs> part of it because now the most successful people, a lot of them are the most evil soulless <laughs> yeah. people on earth. This is a good formula. It's, this is gonna work. This horrifying, is gonna work. <laughs> man, because at least 
when I was going into it, I'm like, oh, I have to try and maybe be nice to other people right. and <laughs> help others and they'll help me. And now you just have some people that are like, I play video games and I have everything. And <laughs> it comes out that they're horrible people. And it's like, you didn't notice? Mm, God, it's, it's not a good formula for no. the future. The only thing you can do is laugh at it. And you can do that yes. with Dave. Uh, three nights a week here on Blaze TV, Dave Landau. The show is called Normal World. It's right here on Blaze TV. It's great. And I'm really excited we're doing something great in, in late night, man. We need it in this country really badly. Thank so. You. Thank you. Welcome to the team and uh, check out Dave's show uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on Blaze TV. Thanks, Dave. Thank you. Uh, if you happen to be someone who's looking for a new place to live, maybe you're fleeing California or New York and you're moving somewhere mildly sane. Uh, you need to have a good real estate agent on both sides of that transaction. And realestateagentsitrust.com is the place to go to find that person. This is a company that Glenn Beck started uh, years ago. Now, Glenn was in radio forever, too. He's also completely insane. And uh, he moved around a lot. That's what you do in this business. And he had bad real estate agent after bad real estate agent and just decided, screw it, I need to find a way to figure out how to sort through these people for everybody. That's what realestateagentsitrust.com is. The name kind of says it all. Go there. It's a free service to you. realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now. realestateagentsitrust.com. Really terrible update about the uh, submarine situation with the uh, the Titanic uh, exploration. Um, I, and I guess, like, given that we've already talked about how these people did not survive, maybe this isn't a terrible update, given that news already. Uh, because it looks like a top-secret U.S. Navy acoustic detection system, which is designed to spot enemy submarines, first heard uh, that the Titan sub imploded, they believed, hours after the submersible began its mission. So this was not something where they were under the water and struggling for air for hours and hours and hours and hours. They believe the whole thing just basically imploded really, you know, several days ago. Um, I don't know why. I guess they did pass this along. They thought there was still hope, so they decided to do all this rescue stuff. But they kind of knew that it wasn't going to turn out well. The reason why I say it might not be the worst update is because... Uh, it, it would be completely instantaneous. I mean, they would have no idea even it was happening, um, which I guess is the only upside to a really terrible, terrible story. I want to tell you about a new product coming from Jace Medical, the same company that brings you the Jace case. It's called Jace Daily. This is a prescription supply service that allows you to get up to a 12-month backup supply for your prescription medication in case of emergency. Uh, and uh, we, we see the problems that we're having with China. These, a lot of our medication is made over there. Um, and this way, you don't know, if there's a big disruption, what if you take a daily medication for cholesterol or diabetes or your heart or blood pressure, mental health, all these things, you could lose access to that medication, and that is something, you don't think about that when it comes to preparedness. You might think of food and water. You better think of your medications as well. Your order is reviewed by a certified healthcare professional, delivered right to your door. Uh, it's a great service, a great idea, and uh, Jace Medical has come up with it. Uh, JaceMedical.com is the place to go to get this. Prepare yourself, prepare your family. Use the code STU at checkout for a discount on your order. Promo code is STU at JASEMedical.com, JASEMedical.com. It's Jace Daly from Jace Medical. Well, Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg are fighting, and uh, wow, this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> Musk recently tweeted that he would be up for a cage fight with Zuckerberg, 
And uh, then Zuckerberg said, hey, send me a location. Musk has now said um, he's responded Vegas Octagon. Uh, they want to have a cage fight. So there you go. Um, just completely ridiculous. Now, this might be the most ridiculous thing you'll think about, what the most ridiculous battle you'll consider all day. But I give you also the Republican primary, which now has, I think, uh, 418 people inside. And like we were talking about, does this become a narrow race with only candidates who have a chance or does everyone jump in? We've definitely gone that direction. The fringiest of fringy people are getting in the race now. Republican Will Hurd is going to be running for president as well. Hurd is a congressman. He voted for the impeachment, kind of a moderate Trump-criticizing congressman, no longer in Congress, no chance at all to win. But he's in, too, just like everybody else. So there you go. 500,000 candidates are running for your vote. Do me a favor, follow the show on podcast and on YouTube and click like, drop a comment below. The algorithm robots love it when you do so. Helps us spread the word on the show. Ethan writes, uh, Stu Glenn and Matt Walsh all took off on the same week. I was so starved for commentary that I even listened to New York Times opinion. Don't make me do that again, Stu. Please don't do that. I have to, I do that so you don't have to do it. We, we, that's just torture. You don't, you don't need that in your life, but we do appreciate it. Um, Jackie writes, please keep doing the clips of Biden and Kamala. They're just so great. One viewing simply is not enough. And I will say, Kamala's deep thoughts today about the frog really was so deep that I think you might need to listen to it one more time. That's at veepthoughts.com. You get all of her collection uh, right there. And we uh, always love uh, people checking those out. Also, um, you can check out the merch we have going on. Remember, Saturday is the anniversary, 624-22. It's a great piece of merch to have all year round to remind people, hey, oh, we're going to try to let more babies live. It's a crazy idea. Use the code Stu10. You'll save 10%. Also, we have the Anyone But Biden 24 merch. It's there as well. StuDoesMerch.com. Code is Stu10. We'll see you tomorrow.